Moments of Encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by Calvary Revival Labels through God's servant Chidebele Odeze. The teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploits in this end time. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvarywayonline.org or our Facebook and Telegram pages at Calvaryway Revival Labels. May you have a life-changing encounter as you listen. I have no other God. My label shanda rabasanda. Renda label shanda rabasanda rabasanda. Rende label shanda rabasanda rabasanda. Rende label shanda rabakunda rabasiri bashanda. Renda label sondola bashanda rabasanda. Ma lende label shanda rabasanda. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus. past. 
you are our hope for years to come you are our hope for years to come you are our shelter from the stormy blast you are our shelter you are our shelter you are our shelter you are our shelter from the stormy blast you are our shelter from the pestilence that flies by the day you are our shelter from every evil oh your word is true we bless you tonight we exalt you tonight we magnify your name tonight and we pray for an unforgettable undeniable notable encounter Lord in our life today in the name of Jesus Christ none of us shall go empty handed none of of us shall go without a notable testimony of what you are going to do in our life tonight in the name of Jesus Christ we look up to you oh God because you are the only one that can help us please help us tonight in the name of Jesus Christ thank you Lord in Jesus mighty name we pray please be seated and you're welcome to this special moment of encounter. I call it a special moment of encounter because, you know, we are taking the last topic on the theme we have been studying for the past three months, the overcoming faith. To God be the glory that he has truly blessed us in the theme, the overcoming faith. We have studied 12 topics under that theme. Understanding the overcoming faith was the first one. Conquering unbelief, living by the overcoming faith, building faith on God's word, full assurance of faith, the profession of our faith, the demonstration of our faith, the receiving power of faith, the overcoming power of faith, doing exploits by faith, the exceeding growing faith, the validation of our faith. And tonight we will be looking at the last topic on this theme The integration of our faith Can we all say it? The integration of our faith Now I want to uh, strongly advise us Those of us that have been following And those that are to follow later If you have not done so before now I strongly advise that you should go to our website www.calvarywayonline.org or our telegram page Calvary Way Revival Labors or our podcast Moment of Encounter Calvary Way TV to download these messages for repeated listening. I have always been blessed listening to them over and over again. Again, if the Lord has been blessing your life through these messages, you can as well share the link with relations with friends and other members of the body of Christ for them to be blessed by it too. We believe strongly that the Lord wants to build his church as he has promised through these messages. Let's cooperate with him in this by getting them to the church. Do the much you can do and the Lord will bless his church. Praise the Lord. Now we are looking at the integration of our faith. And I want us to pay attention because this is the climax, is the, uh, a very powerful topic that we are going to use to su- uh, summarize the theme. I know that God has blessed us so much, but there is something more. To integrate means 
to combine two or more things together in order to have a fruitful result. To combine two or more things together. So when you want to achieve results for some particular things, you must have to add them together with others. So when we say the integration of our faith, it is therefore achieved when we have ensured that other attributes that are supposed to work together with faith for maximum results are in place in our lives. This is the reason, brother Peter, in second, his second letter to the church, instructed that they should add some of those attributes to their faith to ensure maximum fruitfulness in the knowledge of Christ. If you read Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 8, you see where Peter was writing. He said, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity, that's love. For if these things be in you and abound, they shall make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can see that faith alone does not produce all the results. There are things that must be added to our faith in order to produce the real expected result. He listed the things, giving all diligence. Add these things to your faith. Sometimes people wonder why their faith does not produce the expected result. Maybe having observed all the laws of faith. The reason is because there are things that are supposed to be integrated with faith. There are things that are supposed to be combined with faith. There are things that are supposed to be added to faith for faith to be able to produce its expected result. Cement is a very uh, powerful material, but cement on its own is useless. It has to be integrated with water sand before you can have mortar and material for block molding. So if you just get cement alone and say you are going to have mortar or block, it, it cannot work. That's how faith is. There are things that has to be added up to faith for you for you to give you the result you are expecting. Now, I want us to take a look at First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse thirteen. Paul was describing the uh, love, how important love is in that particular chapter, and then he ended it saying something very very important in verse last uh, verse verse thirteen. He say. And now abided faith, hope, charity, that's love, this three. But the greatest of these is what? Is charity. Now, I want us to take note of that because, you know, what Peter, uh, Paul was saying here is that these three things are working together. If you read it with New Living Translation, 
He says that these three things are going to last forever. They are to be integrated together. In fact, if you look at Peter's list in Second Peter chapter one, five to eight, you can broadly classify all the attributes there under um, um, hope and um, and love. Because in this same First Corinthians chapter thirteen, you, you remember it was describing the characteristics of love. Say, love is patient, love is kind, and so on. So. Several other attributes in that list of Peter are under love. And then hope, when you talk about virtue and knowledge, you will, you, you, you can classify two of them under hope. You will see that as we go on. So, you can see that, you know, three of them are to be integrated together for faith to give you the maximum result. Now, when you also read Titus chapter 2 verse 2, Titus chapter 2 verse 2 Say that The aged men, the aged They should Be sober They should Be uh, temp- temperate Titus chapter 2 verse 2 Say that the aged men Be sober Grave Temperate Then look at it Sound in faith, number one. Sound in charity, number two. And sound in patience. How many things will the aged brothers be sound in? In three things. Mention them. They must be sound in what? In faith. They must be sound in what? In love. And they must be sound in what again? Impatience, and you know that when you talk about faith uh, hope, you talk about patience. Now, we are going to be looking at uh, integration of faith and love first before we now look at integration of faith and hope. Now, when we read Paul's letter to the Galatians, that is the verse that is very important for us now, chapter 5, verse 6. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. Are you there? For in Christ, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. We often consider that there are so many things that are important, many activities, programs that are important in Jesus Christ. But this verse has shown us that there's one thing, only one, that is important in Jesus Christ. And what is that? Faith that is working by love. So let's look at that one important thing in Jesus Christ. Faith, isn't it? But how does that faith work? Faith can only work by love. The way to put faith to work is by love. Though faith is a very great and important virtue, with faith we can move mountains, we can do many things. 
But the only thing that can make faith to work and produce results is when faith is combined together with what? Love. That was why in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 2 he said, even if I have faith that can move mountain and I have not love I am nothing. That is to say, your faith has the capacity to move mountain. But if you that has that faith don't have love that will make the faith to work, that faith and you will result to nothing. Because it can't work. So sometimes you see, people say, I am believing God for something. You have prayed. You know, you have, you say, I'm trusting God to do this. You have observed all the laws of faith. And you have waited and waited and you are not seeing the thing. Shake love. Maybe there is no love in your life. Because it is only when there is love in your life that the love can put faith to work. Are you getting that? Now, in a house, you have fan, you have bulb, you have air condition, you have fridge and all of that. When you have wired your house with all these gadgets, if you don't have electric power, will any one of them work? They can't work. They have capacity to work. But what will give them power to work is the electric power. That is how love and faith is. So, even if you think your faith has grown and it can do so many things, but the power, the source that can energize your faith and put it to work is love. For in Jesus Christ, circumcision is not a matter. Uncircumcision is not a matter. All those activities, religious rites and sacraments and all of that, many people attach much value to them. There is one thing that matters. Faith that works by love. Again, in the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 22 to 26, that is one of the passage or passages that Jesus Christ gave very strong teachings on faith. Mark, chapter 11, verse 22 to 26. Jesus said in verse 22, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he has said shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he said. Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's verse 24. Now look at 25 and 26. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. 
But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So you can see in verse 22 to 24, he spoke so greatly about faith. You know, your faith in God can move mountains. Your faith in God can enable you to have whatsoever you say. And then when you pray the prayer of faith, that's in verse 24, believing that you have received it, it shall be yours. You shall have whatever you have prayed about. But he spoke also about forgiveness in verse 25 and verse 26. In fact, if you read it, you will notice that the statement did not end in verse 24 because verse 25 started with and. What is and in English language? It's a conjunction. That is to say, I have not ended what I'm saying. I want to complete it. So that's why it's a and. So when you are trying to, you know, manifest or demonstrate your faith, there is something that is also standing by. And that is forgiveness. He said, and when you stand praying, forgive. So, you can imagine that somebody say, I have the faith, I spoke to the mountain, and the mountain did not move. And he began to wonder, why is it that the mountain did not move? Maybe there is somebody that did something that hurts you. And then you have not been able to forgive that person. Or, verse 23 said, you shall have whatsoever you have said. That's, you know, confession of faith, profession of faith. Now, you want to have what you say. You, you are speaking, you want to have it. But, you are bearing a grudge against somebody. It will hinder your faith from working. Or, you, you, you talk about verse 24 say whatsoever you desire when you pray you desire a job you want God to give you a job you want God to give you a breakthrough in your business you want God to uh, whatever you desire you have prayed about it and then you have you have believed God you remember what we shared about believing God after prayer you stop praying, you begin to thank God for what he has done, you believe that God has done done that, you hired people to uh, help you to do thanksgiving, but after all of that you still did not receive that, one thing that can be a problem is forgiveness in Luke 17, Jesus began to talk to the disciples and said that offense offense shall come Is not, is, in fact, the way he was speaking there, and I think we need to read that because it was after he finished talking there that the disciples said, Increase our faith. So you need to see that. Luke chapter 17, verse 1 Jesus said unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. That is to say, don't ever pray that offenses will not come. Offenses will come. Eh? He didn't say that offense will come. What did he say, please? Offenses will come. You will, you will be offended many, many times by many, many people, including those that you are not expecting offense from them. Are you getting it? 
So even though he was talking about woe to the man that will bring the offense, but one thing he has established is that in this world, as you are relating with unbelievers, as you are relating with believers, they must be hurting you. You must be experiencing people that will speak to you in a way that you don't like, in a way that will hurt you. You must be experiencing people that will be talking to you or be acting towards you in a way that will be hurting you. Offenses must come. Sometimes it will come from the people that you love and you are not expecting them to hurt you. Like a husband, you are not expecting your wife to hurt you. Or a wife, you are not expecting your husband to hurt you. Or brothers and sisters, friends, offenses says Jesus will come. Now, he now came to us he said, take it to yourself If your brother trespass against you Rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him Then in verse 4 he said And if he trespass against you Seven times in a day Forgive him how many times? Seven times In a day In fact You know He spoke about 70 times 7 In another uh, passage In a day so you can imagine that it was after he said this that in verse 5 they said sir increase our faith I think we need faith to be able to carry this out but that's not the point the point is that you must get ready to receive offense you must have a shock absorber within you that you know you are ready to receive offense from anybody expect it don't say I'm not expecting this from you expect it so that you will be able to forgive. That's what we call advanced forgiveness. That you are forgiving somebody before the person will offend you. So when the person offends you and the person is saying, I am sorry for offending you, you are telling the person, I've already forgiven you even before you offended me. That's forgiveness in advance. So the reason why we are talking about this is that until we come to the point where we are ready to you know, our love is ready to be exercised in every level of, you know, forgiveness. It will become a matter. So that you don't say, ah, but I was taught faith. I was taught about the receiving power of faith. I was taught about the overcoming power of faith. I was taught about the, you know, doing exploit by faith. Why is it that I am not being exploited by faith? Why is it that I, I have faith yet I'm still being overcome? Why is it that I am not, you know, um, receiving things from God by faith? It is because you have not forgiven. There is somebody that offended you. And you know, Jesus spoke about forgiveness from the heart. You will see that in Matthew 20, when he gave a parable of a servant that could not forgive another servant, even when the master has forgiven him a greater offense. And he now said, so I am telling you that if any one of you did not forgive from the heart, from the heart that is to say you have released that person forgiveness from the heart is that you are not saying to the person I have forgiven you but I'm not going to relate with you at this level again once you create a boundary that you are saying I will not relate with you at this level again forgiveness has not happened from the heart are you getting that so if forgiveness has taken place from the heart Every relationship, everything you are, the person is to you before, or you are to the person before the forgiveness must be fully restored. That is forgiveness from the heart. And so when we want our faith to work, 
we must you know back it up with love and one thing about love is that love forgives somebody say it love for the true love of Christ if you have the agape love of Christ in you you cannot but forgive all the people that has offended you you know and so that you will be able to receive whatever you are asking from God there are some people that they have not been able to receive their healing they have not been able to receive you know whatever they are looking for from God because of unforgiveness I remember a woman some years ago I visited her she has been very sick and I you know was trying to pray for her and I asked her I know that she is not at peace with her husband she is coming to our fellowship but she is critically ill I said to her that you need to forgive your husband she said never that she cannot that this man has really offended her this man has hurt her to the extent that she cannot forgive I pleaded with her I said please forgive her forgive him because I want to pray for you and I know in my heart that if she can forgive her husband that the prayer will work but if she will, she does not forgive that prayer will not work I know that so I was pleading with her I said okay if you will not forgive her because of you know the prayer I want to pray for you forgive her because you want to go to heaven she said if it is about going to heaven that she will not forgive her husband and she will go to heaven <laughs> I was like I was shocked I was like Kai some people have just created their own heaven that they want to go no matter the condition of their life she refused and you know what she died in that sickness not forgiving her husband it wasn't long she died I don't know what somebody has done to you you know sometimes you consider that you have been born again for 10 years for years you have done so many things and sometimes when people come to me to apologize and say ah I'm, I'm sorry for what I have done maybe after one year somebody came to apologize after about you know two years of what he has done and I say to him, ah, if I have not forgiven you two years from now, I have been carrying unforgiveness in my heart. I will go to hell now. I will be hindered from doing so many things. That time you did that into me, that was when I forgave you. Because I, I want my faith to be working. If I don't forgive you, my faith will not be working. So for my faith to work, I need to forgive you. Because it is to, to my own good. So whether you, 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 you offended me or not, I said, I have been born again. I've been serving God for years before I got to know you. So will I use because you just came into my life and then offend me, I will now, you know, backslide and withdraw from following the way of the Lord. No. You must make up your mind to walk in love towards people. Because faith can only walk by love. I hope you're not forgetting that. In Christ Jesus, the only thing that matters is faith. But how does that faith work, please? By love. You must integrate it with love before you will see that faith working. So if you are bearing grudge against anybody, if you are not happy against anybody, sometimes you say you are forgiving somebody, but when you see the person, you remember what the person has done to you. You are still carrying a wound in your heart. You need to forgive. You need to let go. So that your faith will work. 
You cannot be a man of faith with, without being a man of love. The day you choose to become a woman of faith, that is the day you have also chosen to become a woman of love. Because you cannot be a woman of faith without being a woman of love. Both of them are working together. Can you turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? I want you to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and then verse 8. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. Did you see the threat there now? Did you see the three things there? Do you see faith there? Did you see love there? Did you see hope there? Now, I want you to see that faith and love are what made up the what? The breastplate. Eh? Faith and love are like two signs, two sides of a coin. You know, a breastplate, a plate has two sides. The front and the back. The up or the down, depending on how you, you place it. Now, Faith and love represent the two sides of this breastplate. You cannot separate the, the breastplate into two and say, I want to have one and lift the other. The breastplate of faith and love. Of course, you know, when we are talking about breastplate, we are talking about the armor. The armor that a Christian soldier are supposed to put on. And when you are talking about breastplate, what will breastplate cover? The heart. The heart. So, if you, 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 you have a breastplate, it means that your heart is covered from the arrows of the enemy. But when there is no breastplate, your heart is exposed. But that which makes that which makes up the breastplate is faith and love. Not faith only. In other words, if you remember when we are looking at the shield of faith, I can tell you that even that shield, eh, the front of it is faith. But the back of it is what? It's love. Because faith and love, they always go together. If you don't have love, you don't have breastplate. Because for you to have breastplate, you must combine faith and love. It is breastplate of what? Faith and love. Is that clear? Now, I want you to check some other scriptures that, you know, combined faith and love. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 15. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love unto all the saints. Did you see that? 
I have after I have heard of what your faith in the Lord Jesus and again your what your love unto all the saints. Can you shake Colossians almost in every letter of Paul? You see him talking about faith and love together because they are together, they are twin brothers. Colossians chapter 1, verse 4. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. Are you seeing that again? Your faith in Christ Jesus and what again? Your love which you have towards all the saints. Now shake the book of Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity that's the love of every one of you, all towards each other abounded. You see him again talking about what? Faith and the love. Your faith grows exceedingly. Your faith in Christ is growing exceedingly. And your love towards people are also what? Growing exceedingly. And again, shake Philemon. The book of Philemon. Paul's letter to Philemon. Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. And verse 5. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. As I, of course, you see, in these places, he kept on thanking God. Say, I am thanking God because when I heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I don't know whether you are observing it. It's, a, it's like a a, 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 a a custom in all his letters. Because there are two things that are always together. He is looking for. Anytime he's asking about Philemon, he's asking about how many things? His faith in Christ Jesus. Is he growing? And then his love towards what? Towards people. Now, I want you to know that if you claim to have faith in Christ Jesus... You must also have love towards all the saints. Christ Jesus, as we are talking now, is invisible. But the saints are visible. You have faith in the invisible Christ. But you must have love in the what? In the visible sense. So, that's how these things are going to work. If you say, I have faith in Christ, but your fellow brothers and sisters... You don't have love towards them. You know, James was talking about this, even though he didn't use faith and love exactly. But in James chapter 2 from verse 14 to 21, he was talking about faith without work. So when he said faith without work is dead, he began to say, if a brother has a need and you have what it takes to meet the need of that brother, he doesn't have food, he doesn't have clothing, and then he come to you, and then you, you didn't meet that need. You tell him to go that God is going to bless you. And then he now say, how can you say that your faith has work? Because that work of your faith is supposed to be the love you have to show to that what? 
that brother that is in need. So, faith and love must be together. If you see any man that is a man of faith, and that man, God is using him to do great things. That man is living in victory over Satan, over sin, over the world. That man is receiving whatever he asks from God by faith. Check that man. He's a man of love too. So, we cannot conclude the teaching on the overcoming faith without you understanding that faith has two legs. One is the leg of faith. The other one is the leg of what? Love. And if you are seeking to grow in faith and you are not seeking to grow in loving men, loving people, loving the, 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 the sense, it's like a man that wants want one of his legs to be growing and then the other one will not be growing. You know it doesn't work. That growth takes place uniformly in every part of our body. That's how it is. Your faith will grow as your love is growing. So you must pursue the two together because they are together. Amen. Again, I want you to see First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2 and 3. First Thessalonians chapter 1 we are now going to see verse 2 and 3 said, we give thanks to God always for you. Making mention of you in our prayers. Verse 3. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Did you see that? Number one. And number two is what again? And your labor of love. And then again, and your patience of faith, of, of, um, of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. Are, are you seeing that? Three of them are together. So they, they have to be integrated. I want to keep seeing the three together. But here we are looking at faith and love. Your work of faith and your labor of love. It is wrong to say labor of faith. You don't labor with faith. What happens is that when you have faith in God, when you have faith in Christ, God does his works through you. That's, that work of faith is the work of God through you because you have faith. But level of love is you. That's why Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 the apostle was right. He said God is unrighteous if he forgets your level of love which you have shown towards the brethren. So level of love is as you are caring and loving others with the love of Christ. But the work of faith is when you you, are, you have trusted in God and as a result of your faith in God God passes through you to do his work I know Jesus was saying something about works of faith in Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 he said not everyone that says to me Lord Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven but those who does the will of my father in heaven then verse 22 he said many will say to me on that day have we not prophesied in your name that is a work of faith have we not, you know, cast demons out in your name? And in your name have done so many works. Take note of that word. In your name. That is to say, okay, let me, let's take a, a, an example. When Peter said to the cripple at the beautiful gate, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. What happened to that cripple man? He began to walk. Is it Peter that did that work? No. 
if Peter did not say in the name of Jesus Christ, eh, that thing will not happen. He did that work in the name. So it's actually the Lord Jesus Christ through Peter that did the work, works of faith. But it has to be balanced by the labor of love that you are showing towards the sense. If you are not showing the labor of love towards the sense, you will notice that even if you have some faith and maybe some works of faith are done, but you, you don't have the level of love, you will still have to regret on the last day. Because you are standing on one leg. Are you getting it? And the truth is that there is an extent which God can, can, can walk through you if you are not growing in love. Do you understand? Think about Jesus. You know we normally say, uh, okay, Jesus said, greater, greater things that I did, you will do. If you believe in me, isn't it? Now, but the truth is, for you to be able to do even the things that Jesus did, you must love to the extent that Jesus loved. The, the level of love that Christ, you know, bestowed upon humanity is what gave him or gave God the, the, the freedom to express himself. In the works of faith that he carried out. Are you getting it? Okay, we have talked about forgiveness. But you remember that Christ was hanging on the cross. And the people that were crucifying him. What kind of prayer was he praying for them? He has not only forgiven them. He said, Father, I don't have problem with these people. I have forgiven them. I don't know. Please forgive them. Now, you also remember that. There was a man called Stephen. They say Stephen was full of faith and did great wonders among the people. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6, verse 7. And Stephen, verse 8, Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders among the people. That is, he was doing extraordinary miracles. Stephen was not one of the apostles. No. Stephen must have been one of the converts of the Pentecost who grew very fast in faith and in love. Now, I want you to take note of something about the love in the life of Stephen. Can you imagine that when the, the people were throwing stones to kill him, what kind of prayer was Stephen praying for them? Father, do not lay these sins upon their head. Just imagine that. Somebody just sat on your promotion for one year. What kind of prayer are you praying for that person? Father, this person must not fall and die. He must die and dry up. That's the kind of prayer you are praying. But look at, this one is not promotion. It's not Stephen's promotion that they are sitting down upon. Are you getting me? They are taking away his life. No wonder Stephen did great wonders and signs among the people because of faith. But you can see that Stephen's faith was so tall. But at the same time, his love is also what? To the extent that he can, he, he, he has forgiven them. Ah! People are killing him. He has already forgiven them. He's now praying that God should forgive them. Are you getting that? The same prayer that Jesus prayed. Say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. 
if you if you read where Jesus prayed that prayer, something you know ridiculous happened. The moment he said that prayer, the next thing they did was to get um, sponge and get wine, saw wine, and put in his mouth. You know why why they are doing that? They heard him pray that they don't know what they are doing. They now say, let us tell you tell him that we know what we are doing. We are crucifying you, and we want to you know deal with you more. You can imagine you kneeling down praying for somebody and saying, Father, forgive this person for he doesn't know what he's doing. And the person just came at the back and used the sole of his, his uh, sandal and hit you on the neck just to show you that he knows what he's doing. Are you getting that? Now, you can imagine he just hit you on the head. You know, it's, it's going to really provoke. Now, you can imagine Jesus praying. So, the level of love in your life that will bring you to the point of forgiving somebody, forgiving your neighbor, forgiving your husband, forgiving your wife, and praying that God will forgive. That is, once you come to that level of love, then you can be sure that if Jesus raised the dead, you can raise the dead. The reason why you will stand before the dead and pray and say, Oh God, let the dead rise. And the dead will be looking at you and be going, you know, dying more and more if there is anything like that. Is because your love has not reached to the level of Jesus' love. Are you getting that? So, faith, works of faith and level of love must go together. Faith does not go alone. Faith must be integrated with love before it can give you the result that you are looking for. And when you read 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 14. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 14. He said, And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Look again at 2 Timothy chapter 1. I've read 1 Timothy 1.14. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is we are in Christ Jesus. Take note of that. That these two things are the only things that are found we are in Christ Jesus. They are together. I just want us to note that they are together. So that you have to start developing yourself. As you are saying, you know, we talked about extremely growing faith. And we shared the ways to grow in faith. Do you remember? By exercising your faith, isn't it? And we are excited, we want to grow in faith. Then we also talked about the validation of our faith. And we talked about passing the test of faith that leads to promotion in life, in grace, in anointing. Now, these are the things that increases us in faith. You must not grow alone in faith. You must also grow in love so that you can stand balance. Is that clear? Good. Now, let's move to the integration of our faith with hope. Again, faith won't work without hope. If faith is the substance of things hoped for, according to Hebrew 11 verse 1, if you remember the definition of faith in Hebrew 11 verse 1, it said, 
faith is the substance of the things hoped for. So we say, if faith is the substance of the things hoped for, then it implies that if there is nothing that is hoped for, eh, faith will have no substance. And if faith has no substance, faith is not existing. The New English Bible translation of Hebrew 11 verse 1 says, Faith gives substance to our hopes. Faith gives substance to our hope. Hence, you have to hope for something before your faith can give substance to it. So faith, again, is depending on hope. Hope is that expectancy that keeps our faith alive until what we are believing comes. Whereas faith is saying that you have received what you believe now. Hope keeps your faith alive until those things you are believing God for are put from the spiritual realms into the physical. If a father promises his son that likes playing football that I am going to buy a football for you when I will go to market. Now, this father, the son has known him as a trustworthy father who does whatever he promises. So, the son will have faith in the father that my father has made a promise. I believe him that he's going to buy me football. That's faith. Immediate action. I believe. He can even start thanking the father. Say, Daddy, thank you, sir. He has not seen the football. The father has not bought it. But thanking the father is an expression of faith. Because he has believed right there that the father has, eh, you know, done it. Knowing that he's a trustworthy person. But the father did not say the time he's going to buy this football for him. So, he will now from that time begin to expect are you getting that? he will begin to have hope so that expectation that he is now having on what the father has promised until the father has done that is what? hope are you getting that? now you need to understand that you know because the father is a trustworthy person faith is settled but what about hope now that hope he, he is having he will continue to you know have that hope even if 
after 30 days, the father has not bought the football. He will continue to have what? Hope. Now, it is that hope he's having that is keeping his faith, that faith he has that day, alive. If he loses that hope, that faith will die. And how can he lose faith, uh, hope? If the father that promised to buy the football, let's say, dies, what do you think will happen to hope? All hope is gone. And when he cannot hope again, will he have faith? Are you getting it? So, the reason why he still believes is because the man is still alive. So, the hope is in the man. And in his trustworthiness. Now, I want us to, first of all, look at the hope of our salvation. Because the Bible spoke volumes about the hope of our salvation. Check Romans chapter 8, verse 24 to 25. Romans 8, 24 to 25 said, We are saved by hope. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for for that which for that we see not, then do we do we with patience wait for it? We are saved by hope. Take note of that. You remember the Bible also said that we are saved by faith. We are saved by grace through faith. Now look at again Colossians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. We gave thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and the love which you have to all the saints, for the faith, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. That's verse 5. Whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. For the hope which is laid up for you, we are in heaven. That is the hope of our salvation. Now look at, of course, we have read First Thessalonians 5 verse 8 that talks about breastplates of faith and love. And then the helmet which is what? The hope of our salvation. And then when you read Titus chapter 1 verse 2. Titus chapter 1 verse 2. If you start from verse 1. It says, Paul is servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ. According to the faith of God's elect. And the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. Verse 2. In hope of what? Eternal life. Which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. In hope of eternal life. That's the hope of our salvation. And then again, 
I want you to shake second pe- first Peter, not second Peter. First Peter chapter one. First Peter chapter one. Look at verse three to verse five. Bless be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4. To, ha- to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Ready to be revealed in the last time. I want you to take note of, especially verse 4. Verse 5 said, we are begotten again. We are born again. That's, that's the meaning. We are begotten again. We are born again unto a lively hope. And how did that happen? Because of the resurrection of Jesus. Are you, are you following that? Then, to an inheritance that is number one, incorruptible. You can't corrupt it. Number two, undefiled. Number three, unfading. It faded not away. And what is number four? It is reserved. Have you, have you heard about reserved seats? Eh? It's reserved. There is an inheritance that is reserved for you in heaven. When Jesus was talking to the disciples in John chapter 14 verse, verse 1, he said, do not be afraid, you know, for in my father's house there are many mansions. What is he giving them? He's giving them hope. The hope of our salvation. And when you look at verse 9, look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, Receiving the end of your faith, which is what? The salvation of your souls. The salvation of your souls. Now, I want you to note that our salvation is by hope. Though we can say that we are saved now, because we have believed in the Son of God. We have believed. But the true experience of our salvation is not in this life. Eh? The real experience of our salvation, when you can now say, yes, my salvation is complete. I am experiencing the salvation. Is where? In heaven. But we are saved now by faith. The Bible said, he that believeth in the Son of God is saved. But he that does not believe in the Son of God is condemned. So, when we believe in the Son of God, we are saved now. But the experience, practical experience of our salvation is still yet to come. So, as we believe God now, we have done our own part in salvation, we extend our hope in God until eternity when the salvation will become a reality. By the time you enter into your own mansion in that golden city reserved for you, that is when you have you know, experienced the fullness of your salvation. If we lose hope of the inheritance that is incorruptible, that is unfading, that is undefined, that is reserved in heaven for you, then you have lost your salvation. So we are hoping That's why Romans chapter 8 
verse 24 said, we are saved by hope. And if we are saved by hope, hope that is seen is not hope. If you have seen it, why are you still hoping for it? So there is something we are hoping for. There is an inheritance that we are, that is the, that is the, you know, you see, when you have established this hope, and you know that the person that made this promise is somebody that is trustworthy. Like Titus 1 verse 2 said, in hope of eternal life, that God which can, who cannot lie. The person that has made this promise is God that, so now that I have believed, just like that father that promised his son a football, eh? That's how this salvation is promised on us. You know why we are looking at this is because I don't see any reason why somebody who has hope of an inheritance that is incorruptible, that is unfading, that is undefined, reserved not on this earth, but we are in heaven for you. Except you you are like those that are carrying there are people that are carrying false doctrine here and there. They say they are not going to heaven. Their own is on the earth. But if you believe the word and you know that God who made this promise is the God that cannot lie. I don't see any reason why anything on this earth will happen to you and you will lose your hope and eventually your faith. You know, it was Paul that was praying for the Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse, from verse 15, we have read it before. Then he came to verse 17 and 18, he said, I pray for you that the eyes of your understanding shall be enlightened, so that you will see the hope of your calling. Eh? You know, I don't know whether you understand the power of hope. We are trying to understand the power of hope. Because hope is not a small thing. It has great power to sustain faith. And that's why hope must be integrated with faith for faith to continue to work. If if you are told to sweep, let's say, a hall that can contain 1,000 persons every day, and you have to do that every morning, let's say by uh, 6 o'clock, now, and then you have to travel um, 10 kilometers to do that. You know, if I make a promise to you and say, I'm going to be paying you at the end of the year a very big amount of money. Let's say something that will cover 50,000 naira per month at the end of the year. And you just do the sweeping in the morning eh? and go to any other place you want to go. Now, the first thing that will happen to you is that you will check me that made the promise. If I am a trustworthy person eh? and I have track record of keeping to promises, you will first of all believe me. And that believing me will make you to have hope that at the end of the year you will ha- receive your pay, isn't it? Now, as you announce going to that uh, yeah, sweeping 
and then you know sometimes doubt can come in. Eh? Are you sure that this man will fulfill his promise? Or let me put it this way: assuming that I am in a position, let's say I am a, a manager of the hall, and then I am changed, is a changeable position, and a new manager came in, and the new manager heard about what you are doing and tell you to continue to do it till the end of the year. Now, if it is the old manager, you would have said he can do that. But this new one, you have not trusted him. Are you getting it? Now, you notice that from the time the new manager came, you'll be going to that uh, walk with one kind of uh, sluggishness, you know. Now, but if the new manager now call you, maybe you notice the way you are doing that, and then call you inside the hall one day and show you the money that he has already mapped out for you. Written, in fact, show you the check. The check is after your name. You know, check carries name. The check is after your name. Everything about you is there. Signature signed. Say, I have reserved it for you. Do you remember the word reserve? Reserved for you. You open your eyes. You saw the check. Reserved. Say, I'm not going to give you this check. I just want you to see it. You are going to receive it at the end of the year. What will happen to you? after that day. The truth is that, that that check, if he didn't give it to you, it will become useless. Am I correct? He has written your name out. He's reserved for you. Reservation has to do with placing your name after the seat. If a seat is reserved for you, your name tag is there. Are you getting it? So when the Bible is talking about an inheritance reserved, your eyes need to open to see that your mansion is already reserved. You know, when Jesus was talking to the disciples about, you know, what will be their reward for following him, there were two of them. Judas was among them. You remember that he told them that when I'm going to sit down to judge the 12 tribes of Israel, 12 of you are going to sit on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Do you remember? That is to say, Judas also have his throne. And that throne is reserved for him. That was why when Peter was speaking in Acts chapter 1 from verse you know, 14, 15 down. He was telling the brethren that we need to replace Judas. He said because it is written, let his office another person should take his um, office, but let his habitation be desolate. That's what the Bible said. His eternal habitation, nobody will occupy it. In heaven, Judas' mansion will be standing with his name. His throne and everything will be standing. Nobody will occupy that habitation. But his office on the earth, the apostleship that he has received, somebody must replace it. So, the greatest pain of Judas in hell is to see that, ah, this is a reservation that was made for me. But look at how I have missed it. You have begotten unto a lively hope, to an inheritance that is incorruptible, that is unfading, that is what? Undefined. And that is what? Reserved for you. I don't know why, you know, of course, you see, from the time that you have been shown the shake that will be your, what has happened to your hope? Your hope will become lively. You have begotten to a lively hope. Your hope will come alive. And your hope will now sustain your faith. 
you will be sweeping that thing by faith, not by hope. <laughs> because it is as you are sweeping it that you are hoping that you will receive the end of your hope, your faith, which is that reward. Do you understand? Good. Now, I want us to check some verses very quickly. Check some verses very quickly. Romans chapter 4, verse 17 to 18 says, As it is written, Romans chapter 4, 17 to 18, As it is written, he's talking about Abraham's faith now. I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope? That's verse 18. That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Turn again. Okay, we have read, we have read First Thessalonians chapter 1, 2 to 3 that talked about your work of faith and your labor of love and your patience of hope. Do you remember? Patience of hope. Now, I want us to see two scriptures in the book of Hebrews before we tie it up on the patience of hope. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 and verse 12. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 and verse 12. And we desire that every one of you do shew the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Then look at chapter 10, verse 34. Chapter 10. Verse 35. Hebrews chapter 10, 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Through faith in God, believes what God has said. And act on it immediately. That's through faith. However, there is no guarantee that you will see the result of that faith immediately. For example, you are having a symptom of sickness and you say, no, by his stripes I am healed. And then you, you refuse to believe that. You begin to confess that and you begin to act healed. That's through faith. You have believed, you have confessed, and you are demonstrating your faith. But there is no guarantee that the symptoms will go immediately. Are you getting that? You have prayed and said, God, I need a job. And after praying, you believe God that he has given you a job. You begin to thank God and begin to hire thanksgivers. Do you remember? Then, you also begin to confess it, I have a job. And then begin to act like a man that is working already. That is demonstration of your faith. There is no guarantee 
that that job will come in the next one year, even. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about reality. Sometimes God's response to our faith is delayed. Sometimes he responds to it immediately. Hence, there is a need for us to integrate the patience of hope with our faith. You have need of patience so that after you have done the will of God, you will be able to receive what was promised. If you look at, again, look at that scripture we read in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 said, We desire every one of you to show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end of your life. To the end. Full assurance of hope to the end. And then become followers, imitators of those who through faith and patience, patience of hope must be integrated with what? With faith. For faith in some cases, especially when the result is prolonged, delayed to produce the needed and expected result. Many believers have given up their faith in God and in his word because they have not learned to integrate hope to their faith. That was why we have seen that we are not supposed to cast away our confidence. The author of the Hebrew was telling them in verse 35, do not cast away your confidence. That is your faith in God. But patiently wait in hope so that you will receive from God what God has promised. In Romans 4.18, the first passage we read just now, we saw that Abraham believed in hope against hope. What is the meaning of that? Eh? If you read that verse from um, the Passion Translation, Passion Translation said, against all odds, when he looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. The condition of Abraham's body and Sarah's womb looked hopeless. Yet, Abraham put his hope in God. In other words, he believed God based on the hope he has in God and the promise of God, not based on the hope he has in his body and in the womb of his wife that is dead. That was, that was why he said, Abraham against hope. That is, the hope that he should have had. You know, when somebody gets married, you should have hope of having children, isn't it? And that hope is based on the fact that you, you, you are, your body is working the way it should work. But in the case of Abraham, he couldn't base his hope in that anymore. He has something else to place his hope. That is why the Bible says he believed in hope. He believed his hope is in God and in the promise that God has given to him. And that is why you must learn to anchor your faith, uh, your, your hope in God and in his word. Not on the physical realities that is around your life. 
Because when you anchor your hope and your faith in God, you will notice that because God is trustworthy and because God, you know, is the eternal, your hope will always remain lively. Let's have another illustration. You have an uncle that is the manager of a company. He has promised you a job. And let's say you are in final year. And then you know that kind of hope. You are, you are just kind of confident that my uncle is a manager. And I, want, I would like to work in that company. Because he's well paid. They, they, they will pay you well. And your uncle has said, don't worry, just finish. Once you finish your NYC, call me. And then you finish NYC, you call him, and he say, ah, there, there, are, there is a way. This is a trustworthy uncle, so he's not lying. There is a way things are in the company now. So please, just be patient. Eh? Be patient. If you find any job be doing, then you now found maybe a teaching job that will give you 20,000 naira per month. But the work there would have been giving you, let's say, 180 or 200,000 naira. You know that kind of thing. Now, when you pick that job of 20,000 naira, you pick that job in hope. Are you getting it? Your hope is still there. So even as you are going to work, you are telling yourself, well, let me just be passing time. I know my uncle is trustworthy and my uncle will always fulfill his promise. But as one year passed, two years passed, and then on the third year, unfortunately, that man died. And they replace him with, you know, when they replace, when somebody dies, only one minute silence. After one minute silence, the next thing is what? Replacement. And when they replace your uncle, excuse me, please, what is it that has happened to that hope you have for that job? The hope is gone. The reason why the hope is gone is because the anchor of the hope is gone. The anchor of the hope is dead. Are you understanding that? That is why we say you need to anchor your faith, your hope in this God that does not die. In this God that when he made when he makes a promise his promise is the Bible says his promises are yes and they are all true in Christ Jesus. He doesn't die. He is eternal. So when God makes a promise, he is not going to be like that manager. If it is God that says, I'm going to give you a job in the oil company. Eh? I know you like that. Now, you, 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 you will have hope in God. Now, you know that that hope will never die if you will anchor it on him. You know why? Why? Because God does not die. God is eternal. And also, you know that God's words are trustworthy. That is why the Bible even said in Hebrews 11.13 that 
Some men died in faith. I don't know whether you have read it. They died. In, look at Hebrews 11, 13. It says, These all died in faith. Not having received the promises. Are, are you seeing that? Even at the deathbed, they have not received the promise. Let's say, let me, let me be uh, a bit practical. As a sister, God promised you that you are going to get married. And then you grew old. And then even at the deathbed, eh, it is obvious that you are dying. Will you die in faith? Will you die believing that you will still receive? You know that kind of thing. You know why? You know, you know there are many of us, once you come to a particular age, and you notice that you have passed a particular age and they say this is the age of marriage, age of bearing children and all of that. Many, many sisters, what happened to them is that they will, they will just give up their hope, God. As if the God that promised you marriage is no longer alive or no longer trustworthy for you to keep anchoring your faith on him. We read in the scripture that some people died believing. And they did not receive the promise. And you know, that's why we, we sang a song. We say, Oh God, our our help in ages past, and our hope for years to come. And then there's a verse that said, A thousand years in your sight is like an evening gone. He doesn't count the way we count, he doesn't speak the way we speak, he doesn't understand the way we understand. Do you know that every promise God made in the Bible is to you and to your seed? God never made any promise to any man in the Bible without linking it to your, your generation, your seed. That is why, even for Abraham, God said, you, are, you, are, you will not be able to count your children. But how many children did he have? One. With that, did that promise come to pass? He came to pass, not why he was alive. You know, you need to understand the nature of God's promises and the nature of God's word. God is eternal and his words are eternal. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23 that we are born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God abides forever. If God make a promise to you, whether personally or in the scripture, that word is going to abide forever. In eternity, you will see how God is going to still fulfill that promise. Don't ask me how because I don't know. But I'm telling you that no matter how long it lasts, even when it goes beyond this life, God will still fulfill that promise. That's why your hope must be anchored in the eternal God. If your faith will continue to, you know, remain, uh, uh, be. Are you understanding that? If you are understanding, say, I'm understanding. So, if your faith will be alive, if your faith will, will remain even in when you notice that there is advanced circumstances and situations around you that seems to make the word of God to be contrary to what you know keep your hope alive eh? because your hope must be anchored in God and on his word knowing that God is eternal and God is trustworthy. And God is capable of doing what he said. Look at Job. Do you know what kept Job? 
when he faced all kinds of you know trial every his children every you know when we are telling the story of a man like that it, it, it looks easy to tell the story eh you know mommy just visited a woman that lost her first son you know just like that in a death and you can imagine how the woman was crying uncontrollably one son out of four just died she was so bitter she was crying she was you know and people are coming and consoling her and all of that one son job has seven seven sons and three daughters and all of them died in a day job has you know you, you know what he has all of them vanish everything he has is the richest man he became poor in a matter of a day poverty to the highest level he even lost his wife because even though his wife did not die his wife joined the company of Satan everything turned against Job even the friend that came to console him they were blaming him are, are you getting that? He, as if that is not enough his health was also affected see this is not the promises of God the promises of God is that you know for example, Exodus chapter 23, 25 said, you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. You will not have barrenness. You will not, you know, be sick. None shall cast their young. But Job has cast his young. Job, everything has wrong contrary. Do you know what kept Job? In Job nineteen twenty-five, Job echoed, I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know that my redeemer liveth. And he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Job's hope was on the knowledge of the you know eternal life of his redeemer. He said, even if everything has gone, I have a redeemer. And that redeemer does what? He lives. There's a song that says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That's just, just, just that. Just because he lives. That's a hope. Because that's a God that lives. That's where our hope should be. Not on any man. Not on anything. These things and these men will pass away. This world will pass away. But God and his word, they lives and abides forever. And if you can anchor your hope in God that lives and abides forever, in his word that lives and abides forever, your faith will also last forever. Remember that any day your hope is gone, your faith is also gone. Remember that when the hope of that man that is trusting his uncle to give him job in that company, when the uncle died, what happened to his hope? What happened to his faith too? His faith died because Faith cannot cannot stand when where there is no hope. Faith has no capacity to continue to remain if hope is gone. That's why it must be integrated. Faith must be integrated with hope. Again, you know the story of Moses. Moses, you know, had the call of God upon his life at the age of 40. He tried to fulfill it, he got into trouble. And then he ended up in the house of Jethro. But at the age of 80, 
you know that Moses has lost all hope that God will use him. Am I correct? At the age of 80. And that's the same thing that happens to many people. God has promised, I'm going to use you. I will use you to touch many lives. I will use you in the nations. And then, this, this is the promise of God. is in the Bible. He has also spoken to you, giving you dreams. All the promises are there. But, you see, if you are losing hope because it seems as if you are getting older, nothing is happening, then make sure that you don't lose hope because if you lose hope, your faith will be gone. And God doesn't work without faith. I hope you remember that before God will do anything for you, faith is the hand with which you receive. Faith is the shield that protects. Faith is the, whip, the, the, the tool to walk. So, not hope. But something is going to sustain the hand. Are you getting that? That is hope. So, Moses at the age of 80 still kept hope alive. That was why he was still keeping the flock of his father-in-law at the age of 80. He has served him for 40, 40 years. If an evil man go for apprentice, how many years will he stay before he asks for his own uh, settlement? Higher seven years. The Bible said, and Moses kept the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Exodus chapter 3 verse 1. Moses kept the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Why is this still keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, at the age of 80? Have you seen an, a man of 80 years? Eh? Carrying sheep around. Not his own, no. If Moses is to be an evil man, or not just an evil person, anybody at all, after serving for six years or seven years, he will ask for settlement. Two of us. But you can see, he knew that God brought me under this man for something. For 40 years he has been learning from that priest of God. And that was why he, he refused to break out. Several young people can never stay in discipleship. Because they feel that, you know, if I remain under this man, eh, what God promised me will not be fulfilled. Eh? It looks as if Jethro, you know, Jethro is the priest now. For 40 years, upon the fact that God has told Moses that I'm going to use you. And he tried to do that. It, is, it seems as if I've stayed under this man of God for 40 years and nothing is happening. He's still the priest. Are, are you getting it? That's what happens. Many people, they break out. They want to start their own. They want to start this one. Because maybe the senior pastor, whoever, it seems to be, you know, are you getting one of now, the, the truth is that if your hope is in God who spoke to you, who can do all things and can turn things around, look at Moses. When, when the time of God came, you saw what happened to him. Don't lose, tell your neighbor, don't lose your hope. And the, the best way not to lose your hope is to anchor it in God. For Joseph, in prison, eh, for 13 years, he didn't lose hope. You know why and how? He was looking at the fellow prisoners, interpreting dream for them. The little opportunity he has, he was ministering to people. That was, you know, he was 
he looked at their face and said, ah, we are not happy today. He was showing kindness. He was concerned about other people's happiness. A fellow prisoner is concerned. He, you know, someone who say, what, what concern me with your face? Am I not, am I happy here myself too? That action is showing that Joseph is hoping that this God that was giving me dreams when I was small is still going to fulfill this dream. When your hope is alive, your, your faith will remain active. And when your faith remains active, that's when God will do what he has promised. That's when you will see the word of God coming to fulfillment. First Corinthians 15, 19 says, If it is only in this life that we have hope, then we are of all men, what? Most miserable. We are of all men most miserable. You know why? Because our faith, our, our, our promise, and everything about our life is not based on this life. Our God is eternal. I don't know whether you are following what we are talking about. When God says a word, when God makes a promise, that word, that promise is what? Forever. Forever, oh Lord. Your word is settled in heaven. You don't need to lose hope in God. That was why even David, David in, in, in Psalms, Psalm 63, 42, when he was outside the throne, outside the city, in the wilderness. Saul was chasing his life here and there. At a time when he wanted to be discouraged, he wanted to lose hope, he said, oh my soul, do not lose hope in God. Hope in God. Hope in God. He looks as if God who said you are going to become the king, you know, he is no longer showing forth. How many years is he running around away from Saul? And he said, oh my soul, why are you disquieting before me? Within me. Hope in God. For you will, you shall yet praise him. It is your hope in God that will keep your faith alive. And it is when your faith is alive that your faith can produce results. Therefore, faith must be integrated with hope for it to work. I want us to take the last verse. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 Romans chapter 15 verse 4 Are you there? Are you there? He said, For whatsoever things we are written for time, before time we are written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might what? might have hope you now said in verse 5 now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like minded one towards another according to Jesus Christ now I wanted to take note of that because we are ending there whatsoever that is written before now Eh? In the scriptures. Now, I wanted to take note because when Paul was writing this, the scriptures is not as it is now. It's scattered. The books of the scriptures are scattered. It was later they compiled it together. Now, what is Paul talking about? He says, so that by the patience 
and the comfort of the scripture we might have hope how does the written word of God in the scripture strengthen our faith and our hope grant us hope like we have mentioned some people by the time you read what God did to people that put their hope in him are you are you getting me that will grant you hope that when you also put your own hope in God you will experience results in other words one of the ways to strengthen our hope is by the patience and the comfort of the scriptures you must learn to read whatsoever that is written about God's dealing with men before now I want to add both in the scriptures and in the contemporary time you must read how people put their hope in God and how God did not disappoint them people like Abraham, Isaac and Jacob the Bible said they did not receive the promise while they were alive but they kept on believing even until they died and died in faith and later we saw that they received the promises the Bible says if you read that book of Hebrews chapter uh, 11 verse 13 you now said they were not mindful of the city they have left because they are looking for the city whose builder and the maker is who there is a, a an inheritance that they saw that was reserved for them eh? and they saw the city they had a vision of the city and they placed their hope now we are reading about them there are people before us that we need to read apart from the bible how many of you here you have read the heavenly man you have read it you need to read such book, The Heavenly Man, to see how people have passed through persecutions and how God delivered them from the persecutions. The man was within the period when communists were taking over China. You need to read, it was as if God was doing magic for this man. How he was escaping until he escaped and was able to, you know, fulfill what God wanted to fulfill. So, both the scriptures and whatsoever that is written that God, how God have dealt with men. Biographies of men and women of God that God has dealt with and they dealt with God. You need to read them. It is by the patience and the comfort of these things that your, your own hope will keep on getting strengthened and keep on being lively. What have we said as we conclude? Faith cannot stand alone. For faith to give its maximum result, it must be integrated with how many things? Two things. What are those things? Love and hope. We have seen that faith worketh by love. And we have seen that faith must be anchored in hope. And that hope must be anchored in the eternal God and his eternal word. For it to continue to keep the faith active and produce the necessary result at the right time. Rise on your feet and let us pray.
I want you to take some prayer this moment first on integration of faith with love and you know we saw that the, 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 the way your love has grown is going to reflect on the growth of your faith too we saw that Jesus was full of love that he can even Forgive those that are killing him and pray that the Father should forgive them. I want you to take a prayer and say, God, now that I've seen that my faith cannot work without love, help me as I have, I'm growing and exercising my faith to grow, that I will also begin to pay attention to, you know, loving all the saints, loving, loving, level of love. I want you to take that prayer. Pray that you will be committed to love, not just to faith. You must be, you must integrate your faith with love for your faith to produce results. If faith is not integrated with love, you may do everything for it to work, but it will not work. The Bible said, In Jesus Christ, neither circumcision or uncircumcision availeth anything. There is no other activity that matters. There's no other program that matters in, in Jesus Christ apart from faith that worketh by love. Maybe you should shake why the, 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 the reason why what you are believing God for has not happened. There is somebody that offended you. There is somebody that hurt you. A husband hurts you, a wife hurts you, a brother, a sister hurts you, a relation, a colleague in the office hurts you, but you have not forgiven. Somebody duped you, somebody collected money that belongs to you, and on top of it, he is trying to, you know, intimidate you. Somebody denied you your rights, somebody insulted you in a bad way, and you have not been able to forgive the person. You need to know that you are hindering your own faith. Why will you continue to hinder your faith? You need to clear the, clear the, all of that now. And ask God to, to give you the heart of Jesus. The agape love of Christ that forgives. Forgives. That continue to forgive. What kind of heart will forgive a man 70 times 70 a day? And will not be tired. An advanced forgiveness. Can you pray that you will give every woman being on earth? And advance forgiveness because offenses must keep coming. It takes love to forgive. Stephen was a man of faith, full of faith. But what was the secret? He was also a man full of love. That even when people are stoning him to death, he the only thing he could say is, Oh God, I have forgiven these people. Make sure also that you forgive them. The secret of being a man of faith is being a man of love. The secret of being a woman of faith is being a woman of love. I hear you say, I want God to use me to do great things. But you must know also to do, to, to be great in love. Menda lebo shanda rabasanda. Lende lende lebo shanda rabasanda. 
Mayando Kandaraba Sondola Bashanda. Lenderebo Shandaraba Sondola Bakunde. Venda Leva Sandaraba Shandelebo Sunde. Lendelebo Shandaraba Sanda. Faith walketh by love. Faith walketh by love. Ask God for such a heart. Such a plain heart. Such a broad heart. Such a large heart. That no matter what anybody did to you, no matter what anybody did to you, even if somebody wants to take your life, they want to take Stephen's life, and yet Stephen was still praying that God should forgive them. They want to take Jesus' life, and they took their lives. But the love was so great. Can you pray and say, God, give me such a love that is like the love of Jesus. Jesus said, if you believe in him, you shall do greater works. But one way to do greater works of faith is to, to have greater love. It takes greater love to do greater works. It takes higher love to do higher works. La rama kula raba shanda raba baba kunde lebo shanda Lende 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 lebo shanda raba sanda Rama mama kunde lebo shanda raba sunde Mayanto kanda raba sondo laba shanda Renda lebo shanda raba baba kunde lebo sunde Mayanto kanda raba sande lebo sunde Banto kanda laba shanda raba sende lebo sunde Mayanto kanda raba sondo laba shanda Renda lebo sondo laba shanda raba sanda Mayanto kanda raba sondo laba shanda Renda lebo shanda raba sande lebo shanda Mayanto kanda laba sanda Enlarge my heart Fill my heart with love Fill my heart with love Pray that you be grounded in love. You will be grounded in love to understand the love of God. That passes knowledge. The love that passes knowledge. Now listen, listen, listen. Listen. I want to read for you a scripture. Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 3. Verse 17 said, That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That ye be rooted and grounded in love. For Christ to dwell in your heart by faith, you must be rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the sense what is the breadth of Christ's love, the length of Christ's love, the depth of Christ's love, and the height of his love. And to experience the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that you will be filled with the fullness of God. Can you pray and say, God, I want you to ground me and root, root me in love. Say that you will be grounded and rooted in love. Pray for be for that you should be grounded. That God will grant you that that root to, to, to experience the love of Christ that passes knowledge. To experience the love of Jesus that passes knowledge. Is when you experience the love of Christ that your own love will enlarge. So that you will not struggle with forgiving people that offended you. You not struggle with, you know, loving all the saints and abounding in it. It is as you do that that your faith will continue to grow and remain strong. 
An element of faith that must make it work is love. And the more they love, the, the higher the power of faith. The more they love, the higher the power of faith. Hey, Kalebo Shanda Rababakunde Lebo Shanda. If faith worketh by love, then the more they love, the more faith will work. The greater the love, the greater things faith will do. Because faith worketh by love. Thank you, Jesus. Oh God. Ah, eternal God. In this God that we never die. Can you can you begin to say to God let my eyes be open to the hope of my calling. The hope of my salvation. Can you can you pray and say God give grant me a personal revelation unto this inheritance that is reserved for me in heaven. Can I see my own mansion? Can I see the golden city whose streets are made of pure gold? Can, can I see? Can I see? When I see heaven, I will detest the earth. I will not put my, my hope in this world. I will not put my hope in the promises of men. That is the end of our salvation. That is a hope, an incorruptible inheritance, an unfading inheritance. As it was in the beginning, so will it be forever. It does not fail. This, this, this hope does not fail. It's an inheritance that does not fail. It's an inheritance. It's an inheritance that you know is undefiled. Nothing can defile it. Pray that you will not miss this inheritance. You must, you, you must keep your hope alive in God who made the promise. It doesn't matter whether the promise is fulfilled while you are alive. Even when you are at the point of death, die believing. Die believing God. Die believing God. It is better to die in faith than dying in doubt. When you lose faith, you will die in doubt. And when you die in doubt, I don't know what shall be your, your faith in eternity. Hey, Kalebo Shandarabastanda. They saw the city. That's why they rejected the city where they are coming from. 
The Bible said they saw the city. They saw the inheritance that was reserved. Excuse me, can you can you see the reserved mansion that is carrying your name in that glory? If you see the mansion, when people are trying to make trouble with you on this earth, you will tell them, please, I have somewhere I'm going. I will not quarrel with you. I will not exchange words with you. I have a, I have somewhere I have seen. I don't want to miss it. The hope of heaven will make you not to struggle with men on the earth. When they deny you your rights, you know that there is a better inheritance for you in heaven. It will keep you moving on. It will keep you, it keep you going on. There is an inheritance reserved. Can you pray and say, God, I want to show me that this inheritance is reserved. It's reserved for me. My name is after my mansion. My name is after my, my crown. My name is, is written on my, on my stars. My name is written on my street. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a golden inheritance. I need to see it so that my hope of salvation will be alive. And if my hope of salvation is alive, I will, I will experience the financial salvation. We are saved by hope. We are waiting for it patiently. The Son of Man will come and take us to that glory. We are not going to miss it. Kalima Shandara Bababababunde. Labusundara Bashandara Bababa. Kabunda Labasini Makula Rabashanda. Lendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendelendel
before the hills in order stone, or earth receive a frame. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. From end to endless years, you are the same. You are eternal. You are eternal. A thousand ages in your sight are like an evening God, short as the wash that ends the night before the rising sun. Time like an everlasting, ever rolling stream, bears all his sons away. They fly forgotten as a dream. Dies at the opening day. Oh God, our help in ages past. Our hope for years to come. Be thou our guide that while life shall last. Be thou our guide while life shall last. And Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
with faith you have taught us so much on faith you have taught us so much on faith and we are today rounding up this teaching on faith by showing us the things that are working together with faith things that are anchoring faith love and hope our prayer this night oh God is that you will grant us that revelation to see that our love need to grow also. That the growth of our love is what empowers our faith. And if our faith will work by love, then the more love we have, the more capacity we have for our faith to work. May this reality dawn on us so that we can pursue the growth of our love also in the name of Jesus Christ. May we also have a vision, a revelation of our eternal home. That we keep our salvation faith alive until we get experience of salvation in heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ. May we also put our hope in the living God. The God that does not fail. The word of God that does not fail. That even when man and situation and circumstances are changing and they are failing. Our God remains steadfast. And as a result, 
Our faith will never fail. Our faith will never fail. That we always be active and walk at every point in time. Even if it means not receiving the promises, we will keep believing you because it is better to believe God and die believing than to die in doubt. We will not die doubting God. We will die believing God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father. Can you just wave, wave those two hands unto him? Appreciate him. Thank you for what he has done. Bless his name for what he has done. Thank him also for these 13 weeks. He has really blessed us on the matters of faith. Give him praise. Say, Father, I thank you. God, you have taught us in these 13 weeks. These 13 weeks of no serious teachings of faith will, will, will not be a waste. Can you pray that it will not be a waste? You will practice what was taught. You will listen to them again and again. You will live according to them. You know, those words will not, will not be forgotten. The Lord will help you to live according to them. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Moment of Encounter tonight. As usual, it has been brought to you by Calvary Way Revival Labels. Enugu, Nigeria. For your questions, testimonies, comments, the email still remains calvarywayrevivallabels at gmail.com. That is calvarywayrevivallabels at gmail.com. For further information on our programs and various messages that will be of great blessing to you, please visit our website at www.calvarywayonline.com. That is www.calvaryonline.org. Please do want to like our Facebook and Telegram pages also, Calvaryway Revival Labels. Until we return same time next week on the same channel, endeavor to put into practice the word you have heard today. May the Almighty God preserve and keep you in these evil days. Amen. God bless you and good night.